When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to the South End Zone Podcast here on the Pigskin Podcast Network. I'm your host this week. I'm Jason Bailey. I'm with Timmy Popovich this week. Eric is indisposed. He has uh, got some family stuff he's been dealing with, so he is. Uh, that's why we took last week off, and uh, he's still out this week. So he'll be back next week with us, and uh, our thoughts are with him until then. So, Timmy, what's going on, man? What's happened? Do you enjoy your week off? Uh, no, um, because it, you know, really wasn't something that I would rather be doing than this. But unfortunately, I got sucked into it. So uh, I'm happy to be back and not doing that anymore. So there you go. All right. Well, while we took a week off, it's been, oh, man, it's been pretty interesting. What we were going to do last week, we we're going to put a or put some saran wrap on the spring and. Uh, you know, since all that has been going on, since we took a week off, man, you talk about just crazy, like the NIL world and the transfer portal world have just fucking exploded. So Dude, we're going to college football is on fire right now. <laughs> it is. People are burning couches in Pittsburgh tonight. So I'm one of them. Yeah, yeah you are one of them. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. Uh, Timmy, we're going to start in the Big 12. Now, I know everybody wants to know about Texas and Oklahoma and Oklahoma, in my opinion, is the most interesting given that they've had the most turnover with be it, a, you know, head coach and uh, quarterback and a lot of players on defense and stuff like that. I actually didn't get time to watch the Oklahoma spring game. So I know you kind of uh, caught some of those highlights and those kind of things. So hit me with OU, man. What's what's Dylan Gabriel looking like? What's Brent Venable's scheme looking like? What's happening over there? I mean, the biggest thing for me is that it was it was very apparent watching this team. It's not your grandma's Oklahoma, all right? You know, it's it's quite obvious that Lincoln Riley is out of town and Brent Venables is in town because their their offensive philosophy looks like it's going to be something akin to your boy uh, Chip Kelly when he was at Oregon in that breakneck tempo. It looks like they want to get to that level of tempo on offense from what they were doing in the spring. I, I don't know how that's going to work out. You know, it's not a, an easy thing to learn. It's not an easy thing to master. So jury's out on that, but it looks like they're going to give it a shot. 
But um, as far as Dylan Gabriel went, I mean, I think he looked okay. I, there wasn't anything that like made me go, "Oh man, this guy's gonna be a rock star." Like, you know, he was just average, I guess. The the biggest thing that I you know reserve judgment on is their defense because I, I made a mistake last year, a very grave mistake, and I got too high <laughs> on their defense. And I, you know, I gave him a lot of props and we all did. We all, I spoke way too many kind words and they came out in the regular season and couldn't tackle the fucking soul. So I reserve judgment on their defense and Brent Venables, you know, influence on them until the season begins. I'm not going to say anything. So there's that. Yeah. Well, I, I, I do like the, uh, you know, there's a future out there for the Heisman for Dylan Gabriel that's like plus 4,000. And based on, you know, historical facts and Oklahoma quarterbacks winning the Heisman, I mean, I know Lincoln Rally's gone, but plus 4,000? <laughs> I feel like that. Uh, it's worth laying a worth uh, laying 100 bucks uh, on, you know. I wouldn't lay a 20 spot on it because I might as well just throw it out the window. He ain't going to win the Heisman. You kidding me? You kidding me? <laughs> Oh man, well, I'll be interested to see. I I think Oklahoma, I mean, it's a spring game. You can't take too much away from what they did defensively. You know, to me, Oklahoma will go as far as Dylan Gabriel's health. Well, yeah, I was just about to say um, the the one point I didn't make that I I forgot to say something about that I, I wrote down was that, you know, if he gets injured, they're completely fucked. Um, cause they have nobody behind him that's worth anything in their weight. Uh, that QB room is atrocious outside of him. So they just have to pray that he doesn't get hurt. That's crazy too. a school like Oklahoma with no depth at quarterback. That's just it's something that you don't consider, but with all this transfer portal stuff, man, it's something that, you know, we'll talk about a little bit on the second half of the show that you just like even doing this job, man, like unless college football is your full-time job, it's, it's almost difficult to keep up with. Yeah, I know. But, uh, all right. So that's Oklahoma. So moving over to Texas. Now, I did catch a little bit of the Texas spring game. And to me, dude, Quinn Ewers looks like he's got a fucking rocket attached to his uh, right side. I mean, that dude can sling it. Their receivers looked really good. Their defense still looked like Swiss cheese. So that's my main question for you. Is is their defense going to be able to stop people from scoring 35 a game this year? No. (laughs) No. <laughs> no. Um, and, you know, I, I agree that Quinn Ewers and Hudson Card, for that matter, have a, a lot of raw talent and have the physical ability. But I saw a lot of inconsistency in both of them, you know, where they would make, you know, a really great throw that was, you know, a physical specimen. And then, you know, they'd turn around two plays later and throw the ball in the dirt. And I'm like, what, what the fuck was that? You know, like. They need to, you know, settle it down and and actually work on their consistency if they want to have any success. But like you said, their defense, it it doesn't look promising for them. Mm. Well, that's something I definitely noticed. I'm worried about their depth on defense because something that I thought was hilarious, you know, with even with all the transfer portal stuff and everything that's going on with Texas in the offseason, they didn't have any players drafted. So it's like, well, shit. Zero, none. Yeah, none whatsoever. So it's like, well, do they just not have any real talent on defense or what's going on there? So I I, I don't know. They're kind of a wild card to me. I don't know how much better they're going to be on defense, if at all. 
But offensively, Honestly, I feel like I they, think they're gonna. I think they're gonna be worse on defense. Yeah, it's possible. But <laughs> I mean, they did have a good recruiting class. They finished with the number three class in the nation, I think. So maybe some freshmen step up, make some plays, whatever on defense. But ultimately, I mean, it's gonna be based around their offense. I mean, do you disagree with that? Basically, it's gonna be how if they can outscore people. Well, that is going to be how they're going to have to win ball games. But I'll tell you where else they need some of them freshmen that are in this class to come in and step in is on the offensive line, man. Their their offensive line look like it could use a lot of help too. Oh well, yeah, and they're they're. I mean, they've got arguably the best running back in the country coming back to their football team. I mean, Bijan Robinson, he's yeah. got to be the number one back in the nation, right? Right. I would say, you know, arguably, yeah, yeah. So that. <laughs> I don't know, man. Texas, you're not back. Stop saying you're back. I don't want to hear it. I tried to tried to evaluate this in, in a non-troll environment, but, you know, at the end of the day, they just suck. We suck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. All right. Well, let's talk about another team in Texas, uh, Baylor. Uh, Baylor, now, I you know, this goes back to the transfer portal. Like, they're really hard to – Yeah. Uh, it's really hard to – to sort of evaluate teams because a couple of weeks ago I said, I'm not really a buyer of Gary behind at quarterback. And then he transfers immediately. And now right. the, guy, <laughs> the guy who started the bowl game, Blake Shapin is now the starter. And so what's Baylor looking like? Because last year we said they were going to fucking suck and they ended up winning the <laughs> big 12. So, I mean, what is it looking like this year? Are we going to buy into them and they're going to stink or are we just fading them and now it's going to pay off? Well, like you said, it, it was it was really interesting going back and looking at my notes because, you know, the first thing I had written down was like, man, they got a real good full-on quarterback battle here between Bohannon and Shapin. And then it's like, oh, well, <laughs> Bohannon's gone. So, <laughs> okay, then. okay, then. Apparently not. <laughs> um, but, I mean, the bottom line for, for that is that they're going to be in just as good of a spot as they would have with Bohannon. I like Shapin. I think he fits nicely in their offense, and I don't think they're going to have a drop-off going from one to the other. But the whole situation was just really weird to me because, you know, there wasn't anything that stood out that said, like, Bohannon is definitely going to lose his job. So it was just really, you know, confusing to me as to why he suddenly jumped in the portal. But, hey, whatever, man. Yeah, that. It is a little bit curious, but I, I think ultimately going back and looking at some of his stuff from last year, I think ultimately they want to drive the ball down the field more, you know, get get back to what Baylor has been when they were really good the past few years, and that's the just wide open, sling it down the field, score 50 points a game type offense. Yeah, right. And I don't think Bo Hannon was the dude that can do that for them. So I don't know. Maybe – Maybe Shapin gets them back and brings them back to the Big 12 title game, but <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. Baylor, there again, they don't have a ton of talent. I mean, they're just kind of a team that uh, it's sort of based around the rest of the Big 12, how good they're going to be. Right. So there's not a, I mean, they're not a team that you go into with Vegas futures and be like, oh, yeah, definitely over nine wins. It's like, eh, not necessarily, you know, <laughs> their, their no. talent gap between them and a team like Oklahoma is pretty large. So it's yeah. uh, going to be interesting to see. And then the last team I had noted here, but we just, 
we decided not to do was Oklahoma State because fuck my Gundy. Yeah, Gundy. They probably <laughs> sucked during their spring game. Now, Gundy, I, I did look at some stuff on Oklahoma State, and uh, they do they lost quite a bit of uh, production on offense, especially along the offensive line. That, to me, is going to be really there. Because Spencer Sanders has had some injury concerns in the past. Like he, To this point, this is his fourth season, and he has yet to play a full season. He's had injury problems his whole career. And now you're trying to make an um, put it together with a makeshift offensive line. To me, problematic. Not a good recipe. No. And they lost quite a bit of production on defense at every level, um, especially in the secondary. So to me, that'll be also interesting to talk about. But that's it really for the Big 12, man. I don't really have any other major takeaways from the Big 12 because I feel like it's pretty much Oklahoma and Baylor and Oklahoma State and everybody else. So, so what, you're, what you're telling me is is you're foreshadowing your Oklahoma State under pick later on when we get to the season previews. Is that what you're telling me? Well, of course I'm going to take the under. It's Mike Gundy. <laughs> okay. I mean, you right. know, the guy's lost me more money than anybody on earth. So okay. what are you going to do? Just want to make sure I was reading the tea leaves correctly. <laughs> you don't have to read anything into that. You should know what's coming. But all right. Uh, all right, let's move over to the Pac-12. So this is something I did have a little bit more time to cover. Uh, USC. Now, at times, Timmy, they looked really good. Like uh, Caleb Williams, he looks like a big-time athlete, looks like he can make all the throws. But I'm telling you, dude, unless USC comes out and scores 45 points a game, they're going to struggle to beat teams because their yeah. defense is not good. I mean, their I mean, defense, not only are they not good, but they don't have any depth either. Like I, <laughs> I heard a story today or a, a quote from the guy who covers USC for 24 seven sports. And he was talking about Shane Lee and how Shane Lee has become a leader and one of the best players on their defense. Shane Lee transferred from Alabama and this dude could not even sniff the lineup. at Yeah. Maybe. He was carrying like he was water a jugs. Yeah, he was a freshman All-American because he like – or freshman All-Conference because he got forced into the role because of injury. And, you know, he plays for Alabama, and you get lots of clout when you're there. But, dude, if that's your best defensive player, I have serious questions about how good your defense is. So, no disrespect yeah. to the kid, but it's just reality. I mean, Lincoln Riley needs to learn real quickly that this isn't the Big 12 where everybody has the same philosophy of, yeah, fuck defense. We're just going to score 70. Like, not everybody in the Pac-12 shares that philosophy. No. Um, So it might be a rude awakening for him to find out that he can't just take a Caleb Williams and a couple other studs on offense and go out there and try to outscore everybody. Like, he's going to have to play a little bit of defense along the way. This conversation is going nowhere. Well, dude, something I thought about today, and getting a little bit off script here, something I thought about today, teams that – try and base their success like coaches that try to build success on transfers it never works out good like i've never seen a team that has just taken a shit ton of transfers 
and have been really successful. Well, I mean, like, the same same philosophy could be said across all sports and across college and you know professional sports as well. Like, how many times do you see in pro sports where the team that goes out and signs the best free agents wins the championship in whatever sport? I mean, there's something to be said for team cohesion and unity and esprit de corps and all that horseshit. But I mean, that that is a big element of it. You know what I mean? It absolutely is. And the reason I say that, like, I mean, take it down a scale, like uh, uh, North Alabama, that's the hometown college uh, where I live. They, back a few years ago, <laughs> they had a guy who took over as head coach, Terry Bowden. Remember him? Little oh, man yeah. from Auburn. Oh, yeah. yep. Ended up at Akron after that. Well, he went uh, and took the head coach job at UNA. And he brought a shit ton of transfers in. A bunch of dudes who had problems off the field. Guys like Janoris Jenkins. Remember that guy? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I went to a UNA game, dude, and Janoris Jenkins got kicked out of the game for fighting. Oh, like, geez. <laughs> and they ended up losing to Valdosta State because of that. And, like, that's the kind of shit I'm talking about. It's like, is, is Lincoln Riley really going to be able to take all these transfers and just like put it together and make it happen? I know it's the Pac-12 and the Pac-12 is not great. Like It's not even good, but their roster is not deep. I mean, they've only got 60 scholarship players. So I just don't see it, man. I, I don't see a scenario where they just show up and win the Pac-12 just because Lincoln Riley's there. I, yeah. I, I'm not, I don't see it. I'm in complete agreement, man. I mean, I, I've never been one to, you know, crown people paper champions based off of their rosters in the offseason, no matter what the sport is. And that's pretty much what all the pundits and talking heads are doing with USC is they're just looking at the paper and assuming that Lincoln Riley is going to take this, you know, conglomerate of players, if you will, that have just come together from the transfer portal and he's going to do something with them. Like, it's just it's not a given. Yeah, I agree. It's definitely not a given. And like I said, they're going to have to seriously put it together on offense and outscore some people. Now, they should be able to put up some points. I mean, they got Travis Dye coming over from Oregon to head up their running back core. And, you know, I mean, that Williams, I think we all know he's talented. But like I said a few episodes ago, last year when he faced some good teams, he was pretty pedestrian. That's true. So his main thing is he's not going to face a lot of good teams. But for them to win the Pac-12, they'll have to beat the good teams like Oregon, like Utah. Yeah, man. Utah is pretty good. I mean, shit. Yeah, Oregon, yeah. shit. Yeah, so I, I, it's definitely not a given. Uh, but moving on from USC, Oregon, Timmy, this looks like it, it was like it was like watching an arena football game, dude. Like there's <laughs> there's no such thing as defense. Bo Nix was slinging it all over the field. Really? Like the, first, the first play from scrimmage was like a 75-yard gain. Oh, my. When they ran the ball, there was nobody out on the edge on contain. Like, I feel like or it's the same story as USC, except Oregon actually looked good on offense. Like, they – I don't know what to tell you, man. Like, the, the Pac-12 may just be like an arena football league where it's like final scores of 69 to 70. I, I don't know what's going on there. Well, but. well, maybe I retract my previous statement about the Pac-12 not sharing the same defensive philosophy as the, the Big 12. <laughs> maybe they don't give a shit, all of them. I don't know. <laughs> well, you, you would think that maybe it was just spring and they were trying to get a look because Dan Lanning is a defensive guy. Maybe Oregon gets their defense 
looking right, but they're going to have to change some stuff up before they impress me because their defense looked like Swiss cheese in the spring game. The, Maybe the by real, design. I the real know. question is how many uniforms did they wear during the spring game? Like oh, three, God, they four. Wore the, <laughs> they wore those fucking terrible neon yellow uniforms. It was like painful for me to even uh, watch this the ones game. that like give you a migraine looking at them. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's awful. Fucking Phil Knight, do something with your life and like get some better uniforms, man. You're Nike, figure it out. But <laughs> yeah, but ultimately, dude, like I say, Bo Nix, he looked good at times, but it was the like the first couple of drives. I was like, fuck, man, Bo Nix looks amazing. Like Oregon, they're gonna score points on everybody, and then three drives into it, it's like, up oh, forces a bad ball picked <laughs> off. Next drive, well, like forces story another bad life? ball. <laughs> picked off and i was like oh there's the bonix we all know yeah, there he is you know <laughs> this is like the story of two quarterbacks i don't know yeah. so ultimately they'll be interesting to watch i think they'll at least be a fun team to watch so i don't know that'll be interesting and then lastly man with the pac-12 the only other relevant team in my opinion was utah dude utah looks like the real deal they look yeah, like they've got strong. athletes yeah, they look like they've got some serious athletes. I mean, that's what I'm looking at on defense, on offense. They look like the class of the conference, and Cam Rising looked really good. I don't know what their Vegas total is going to be, but if it's it's got to be in the double digits, I would think. If it's, anything, uh, if it's anything less than nine, they're getting disrespected. Absolutely. Yeah, I would, I would have to agree there. Um, that just Whittingham, I think he's – He's got a good situation here with the, uh, you know, USC having a lot of questions, Oregon losing their head coach and has a lot of questions on defense. It's kind of prime for the taking. So we'll see what happens. But Utah to me looks like the class of the Pac-12 and everybody should, you know, be looking up at them most of the year. I'd like to tell you that I'm shocked at that statement, but I'm definitely not. No, I mean, I I picked them to win the Pac-12 last year, and you guys all said I was fucking crazy. So yeah, well, I learned I learned from my mistake. I was <laughs> I was fading them. You know, I, I wasn't buying into the hype last year, but you know, this year we're, we're going to give them some respect. We're going to put some respect on their name. Well, lastly, some other notables: Brian Kelly. <laughs> Good luck in year one, man. That's all I can say. I I, I don't feel great about it. Do you? Yeah, I mean, I've said from day one, I don't think he's a good fit at that school. You know, he may end up doing something long term if he gets the opportunity to stay there for five, six, seven years. But I don't know, man. I've never been big on Brian Kelly. I don't think it's going to work out very good year one. No, I I really don't. Mm, Yeah, well, you and me would be in agreement there. And then the last team that I wanted to touch on, was uh, Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish, that damn guy's team. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. So Notre just, Dame let me just to crap me, all man, over him real quick while I drink some brandy and eat some <laughs> cupcakes. <laughs> so Notre Dame to me, like you could put them in the same class as Texas A&M for me. Like they are, it's more of the same, dude. Like they are still a quarterback. Well, hold on, let me away. ask you a question. That's that's what I was going to ask you. Have they figured out their quarterback situation yet? No. And if they have, then don't uh, talk to me. Then don't talk news to, me. to me. Get them out of yeah. here. Get them the yeah. scout. Like I feel like their defense is going to be, you know, really good. I feel like defensively they'll be elite or at least close to that. 
but offensively, dude, they there's major questions like playmakers. They're kind of short on playmakers and the quarterback position. They just don't seem like an explosive team. So uh, it's going to be more of the same for me. It's like, uh, well, you know, who are they playing this week? Uh, well, they're playing this team. They're a seven and a half point favorite. Well, shit. Yeah. I'd rather take the under than bet on them to win. You know, it's, I don't know. Maybe they'll figure it out and their quarterbacks will get it right, but I'm not going to go into all their quarterbacks because to me, they're all just pedestrian. So, yeah, I agree. I and, you know, I really like Marcus Freeman. Um, so I'm hoping that he, you know, does something more than what Brian Kelly could do there and brings them a championship one day. But, I don't think it's going to be this year or next year or anytime very soon, but I'm rooting for him to do well there because I like him um, and I think he's a good coach. With their schedule, I figure, I mean, I feel like they'll be all right, but they better figure it out before week one because they play the Buckeyes in week one. So, yeah, yeah get steamrolled. Be a fucking <laughs> speed bump on the way to 12 and 0. We'll see. I don't know. I, if, I, if I was a betting man, I'd lay, I would uh, set the line around. 13 and a half for Ohio State, maybe more. I don't know. Yeah, this is the but, part where you insert the sound bite of a fucking car horn and a speed bump. Fucking. Okay, guys, the NBA playoff action is nonstop at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the NBA playoffs with DraftKings same-game parlays, you can do just that. Right now, all customers can place a same-game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN. That is the Pigskin Podcast Network acronym. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See our show notes for the details. To the South End Zone Podcast here on the Big Skin Podcast Network. Uh, Timmy, before we broke, we were talking a little bit about uh, all the spring wrap, and we put a bow on the spring and all that, and we talked about how difficult it is to project teams and, you know, analyze what they're going to do this year and ultimately be able to bet on them, you know, because if you're betting on team's futures right now not very wise considering all the transfer shit and so this is the segment where i that i like to call the nightmare on art rooney avenue yeah and, uh, this this is where pittsburgh loses the bolitnikoff winning wide receiver to the transfer portal on fucking may 1st and so we got word today we're recording this on a tuesday tuesday may the what the, what what day is this the third or some shit May the uh, second yeah, the or third. third. 
Yeah. So, yeah, today officially we got word that uh, Jordan Addison has hit the transfer portal and we don't know where he's going to go yet. And the rumor is USC and Texas are suitors for his services. And uh, Colin Cowherd put up that uh, the bidding war is up to $3 million roughly for his services. Which is ludicrous. So, well, is it? Because think about it. Think about it this way. If you are a an NFL team and you get a primo wide receiver, somebody like, you know, DeAndre Hopkins for $3 million, is that really that big of an expense? Especially considering you aren't the one that paid, it was the boosters that paid. No, where I'm coming from is is, you know, the the situation you're kind of describing is not quite the same, right? Because in college, we're not talking about paying the players a salary. Like USC is not going to pay Jordan Addison a game check every week, right? The concept is that they get paid based off of endorsements or other name, image, and likeness that, you know, offers them a cut of the, the proceeds. And there's just not an endorsement deal in even the professional realm that I know of that's worth $3 million in a year. I mean, that's just ludicrous, you know? So I don't, I I don't know like where to go from here, but the, the money thing isn't what disturbs me. What disturbs me is, you know, the fact that it, it, it appears very clearly that USC has tampered with a player on an existing roster. And that's what, you know, sits with me in this whole situation. And I don't like it one bit. And the NCAA needs to come in and take a stance and do something about it before shit gets out of hand. But I think we all know that they're not. And that's what gets me even more fired up. I don't think it's just USC. I guarantee you he got texts from probably every major university. Well, I, I do, I do listen to a lot of Pittsburgh sports radio um, because, you know, I follow all the professional teams there, Um, but they do cover, you know, pit athletics. And one of the, the stories that they were running with today was there were reports that Pat Narduzzi had called Lincoln Riley personally, like six times over the weekend to try to tell him like how big of a piece of shit he is for fucking calling up Jordan (laughs) Addison and trying to get him over to his team. Uh, He's pissed. Um, So, yeah, I don't blame him. And for me, it's, it seems like it's a very easy answer to try to curb, you know, this behavior and it's to go back to the way it was before with transfers with one minor consideration that I would put into effect. I would allow players from teams who are undergoing a coaching change, a one year grace period of, okay, you can transfer with no you know, period where you have to, to sit out because it's a different situation. It's not fair that you're, you know, coming in under a new coaching staff you weren't recruited under. I get that. But the rest of the guys, if you're going to transfer because of possible endorsement deals, if you have to sit out for a year on the back end of that transfer, that might make you think twice about just cutting bait and, you know, leaving the team that you were recruited to to go chase some paper. 
And I think it, it creates a, an even, you know, check and balance system to that situation where if they are going to offer you $4 million and, you know, that's worth it to you, then, okay, you know, go sit out for a year and then take your paycheck. You know, I can live with that. But being able to just jump ship from one team to the other with no repercussions whatsoever and get paid millions of dollars to do it, it kind of bothers me. So, well, and not just jump, not just jump ship, but to be able to be contacted while you are still on a roster. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. That is the, yeah, that's the major issue. And we actually saw a little bit of that this week at the University of Texas, where Xavier Worthy, you know, a guy that Eric has yep. talked about yep. who is going to have a monster season. You know, there's rumors out there that he received a six figure or a seven figure offer from other power five schools while he's still at the university and he's not in the fucking portal. That's and ridiculous. so it's like, Jesus Christ, what are we doing? Like like tampering's going on everywhere and nobody's doing a fucking thing about it. And yeah, it just, I, and then it's it really gets me, it really gets me fired up when like you, uh, you sent out in the group chat, the article about Nebraska getting a penalty, um, from the NCAA for yeah. one of their you know, sideline advisors was, you know, being too handsy with the players. And they basically consider that having an extra coach for like, get the fuck out of here. Is that what we're really worried about here right now? No, nobody gives a shit about that. Everybody gives a shit about what's going on in the transfer portal and with all this horse shit. Nobody cares that Nebraska had 11 coaches instead of 10. Like, come on. Right. It's like small fucking potatoes compared to the bullshit that's happening right now. And to me, dude, like, I just don't, I don't feel good about the trajectory. Like, it's like you kind of touched on it a couple of weeks ago, man. Like, it's all going to just fucking blow up. We're going to have an expert on next week to talk NIL and the good, bad, and the ugly, which is a conversation I'm really excited for because there's a lot of these things that like a common college football fan just doesn't understand. Like one thing that I noticed, there's a ton, I mean, tons of these NIL deals where kids are just getting screwed and they don't even know it. Oh yeah. Yeah. These, these collectives are like, okay, yeah, you sign a contract with us and they don't have any language in the contracts about, like time limits, like they control a player's intellectual property for the duration that they're in college and all the time after that. So it's like, Oh yeah, well we control your Twitter account by the way, for when you get drafted. Exactly. (laughs) Can you imagine this collective still making money off of it? It's crazy. It's, it's so, crazy, but you know, I mean, you and I have experienced a similar situation with, you know, our time in the military. You always hear the the stories about the junior, you know, people who are subordinate to you going out and getting this, you know, this is the equivalent of them getting a 20% interest on their car loan. Like, oh yeah. You know, we've been there, done that, understand that you got to read the fine print, but all these kids see is the dollar signs in front of them because they're 17 years old and they don't read the fine print and there's nobody there to advise them. I know it's crazy. I'm not like sitting over here saying that I'm not a fan of people making money off of their name, image, and likeness. I think that's a good thing. But to me, the biggest bitch of this is like, why didn't the NCAA get out in front of this thing and be like, okay, well, right. this is coming down. This is coming down the fucking pipe. Uh, 
we feel like we're going to lose in the Supreme Court. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to get out right. in front of it and be like, hey, you guys, we want you to make money off of your name, image, and likeness, but we want you to do it in a smart manner. And so yeah, here here's the, the thing. <laughs> yeah, here's the things we're going to put in place in order to help you. You can come to us and we will help guide you. Like to me, that's what the NCAA should have done. Like to me, it's so fucking mind blowing that they just went into that court proceeding, like thinking they were going to win. I, 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 I'm yeah, lost. they totally, they totally fumbled. And basically at the end of the day, they just threw their hands up in the air and said, I don't care. It's not my problem anymore. And, and just left. And, and that's where they've been ever since. It's a fucking nightmare. So agreed. I don't know where it's going. So, all right. Well, I think we can put a bow on the NIL, NIL conversation for now, and we'll touch on it next week, which I'm not – you're not going to be there for that one, are you? It'll be me and Eric. No, I won't be able to, but I'm definitely looking forward to hearing your guys' conversation because it's definitely uh, definitely going to be a great insight. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm super pumped about it. So, uh, you guys can find us on Twitter at South End Zone Pod. We are also on Instagram, and we would like to thank our corporate sponsors, DraftKings Sportsbook. And uh, we will be back next week to talk NIO with Christy Dosh. And uh, until then, uh, you guys stay safe, take care, and we'll see you next week. Thank you very much. Have a great day.